3: Welcome to it, weekend editions. Here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hug yourself, pitch yourself, you have made it. It is football Saturday, and uh, we are just excited to bring you Hale Varsity Weekend. We're down here in the rail yard in the Hale Varsity at offices. Chris Schmidt, Mark Crane, Elijah Herbal, that bearded cameraman. We love Gorman's filming. Hello, Gorman. Uh, man, it's uh, it's a good day to smile. It's Nebraska football, Ohio State, and we are ready to get you into things. All Big Ten can join us this morning on Hale Varsity Radio Weekend, 466-3776, 3776 825 Five eight six five. Find us uh, on Twitter, Chris Schmidt. That is me at Schmidt underscore Radio. Give me a follow. Mark Crainak at Mark Skurs is where you follow Mark, and of course Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence. Elijah, back at our ESPN Lincoln studios. We're down here in the rail yard again in the Hale Varsity herdad offices. You are invited to come on down and safely enjoy Nebraska-Ohio State here in the rail yard. Uh, it is awesome. So many good folks and restaurants and uh, just businesses down here that would love to see you. So the invite is always open and always welcome And uh, if you're thinking about a spot to watch Nebraska-Ohio State, you are sure as heck welcome down here in the rail yard. Busy uh, first hour. We will rewind with Ohio State insider Tim May. And uh, Tim's been covering Ohio State since 1984. Tim's a wild man, and I mean that respectfully. He is a party to listen to. He will run down all your thoughts on Nebraska-Ohio State in our two. Now uh, we are going to run down Brandon Vogel uh, from HailVarsity and magazine. Vogues is in Columbus. I do not know if he went with the uh, the 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 pizza uh, in his hotel room last night or if he ventured out into Buckeye land. So Brandon Vogel going to be with us, and then the Iron Horse Gary Sharp. It's a special day for me. Uh, because it's just yet another year to, to cover Nebraska football, to do what I love, and that's talk Nebraska football. Uh, a man who's helped shape uh, my life with Nebraska football is uh, Cousin Dino. Dean Schmidt, he's got an RV. It's not a Heisenberg RV, thankfully. But the point is, is there's not a game he's missed uh, over the last several years. Uh, Dino is uh, is going to be uh, joining us with the Cousin Dino prediction at 8.50 before we get you into uh, your, your, the rest of your college football day. We welcome in Mark Kranach. Kranach, you brought your kids. You brought your puppy. Brother, it's good. You're getting them all kicked off
4: right here for 2020. I brought the whole crew, and now I'm realizing I probably should have got up at 3 in you, order to just get it all together. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's been hectic. and I got off on the wrong exit. On the way here, you're to. fine.
3: You, you have your your Nebraska stocking hat. You've got your Hale Varsity sweatshirt that looks incredible. Well, go we, on. We, we've got uh, Tucker, the new puppy. Tucker is uh, and that's that's Tucker
4: with a T. It is <laughs> Tucker the mother.
1: He's he's great.
4: He's great. He's <laughs> a. We think he's the vet thinks that he is uh, part Sharpe, part Lab. Okay, doesn't even really know. He's he's got a few wrinkles. But he's sturdy. We you know?
3: we all have a few wrinkles, Cranack. <laughs> I know. Okay. So we are going to dive into it. Excited? Hey, Tucker. Good to see you, big boy. You're and good. he is uh, – hold on a second. Are we are – we, Tucker has tied us up. Us okay. So Tucker is trying to uh, execute a third down and eight zone blitz. There we go, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> He's busting through the line of scrimmage. Also, literally almost knocked us off the air. The the, the Griswold uh, consumption of, of cord message over in the corner there. Let's uh, let's hear from Scott Frost because this is. Uh, One topic and one key that I think Nebraska fans are so anxious and interested in seeing today and the rest of of 2020 with year three of the program. Think about it. Your hopes and dreams for 2020. What are your hopes and your dreams for 2020 as a Nebraska fan? Well, let's be straight. For the longest time, we're all hoping we were going to get football. At least you get game one today and, and hopefully many beyond just today. But uh, when it comes to Nebraska and and this daunting task as a four touchdown underdog to Ohio State, there's been moments in Nebraska football recently and for the last X number of years that once this snowball rolls downhill, yeah, there's no way to get uh, out of its grasp. Here's Scott Frost, no fear of failure, the the mantra he brought with him with from Central Florida. But this is, this is what Frosty's looking for today, and I think it's also what a lot of Nebraska fans are looking for today, that appropriate response.
5: I feel good about us from that standpoint. Uh, the guys are, are excited about the challenge. Listen, we could complain a lot about a lot of things. Our guys are just excited they're going to be playing. But they, they know the test in front of them, uh, so I, I'm anxious to see their response when inevitably Ohio State makes a play or two on us, um, hits us in the mouth, scores on us. Whatever happens, um, I want to see a bunch of guys that don't like that but aren't afraid of the next play and go out and continue to try to make great plays. That's all we can do. And I I feel good about that, but um, we also have to respond the right way during the game.
3: That'll be so important. Uh, You got to get off to a good start. All of the normal cliches we talk about in big games, but in all honesty, yeah, Nebraska uh, could get lit up a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. So could Ohio State. I mean, Nebraska, uh, things feel and look good on paper with the offensive line, with Adrian Martinez, uh, with Mills at running back. And it's been 331 days since you've seen Nebraska football tackle somebody else. It is incredible to have this opportunity. But uh, hopes and dreams, my hope and dream is this thing's a ball game in the fourth quarter if you're a Nebraska fan. And I want to see some growth. I want to see uh, are you a better uh, front seven yeah. against the run? Are you a, a, a more competent uh, setup on the offensive line where you have options in depth so you have a group of five that can be dominant and you can lean on? And I want to see Adrian Martinez play free football and, and go have some fun versus being worried about pressure and injury. Let me yeah. see him run the football. Let me see him be magic like he was as a freshman. And then, yeah, the the, the intrigue about sprinkling in some a little Mac as well uh, with McCaffrey. So it's all on the table today. Uh, it will not get much more difficult. I mean, yes, the schedules murder. Wisconsin looked amazing last night. But you are taking on the best of the best today. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and gauge yourself appropriately that way. Don't overreact one way or the other. And let's build and learn from this. If you're Nebraska, no matter what
4: happens, well, you want to see some, you want to see some defiance and some fight out of, out of the team, and it's something you saw. It's something that was missing last year, specifically against Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. I think once things got going the wrong way, it snowballed and it snowballed quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you look at how they played them a couple years ago, and even honestly early on uh, last year before things got really crazy for the turnovers. Um but that's what you want to see and that's what Frost is talking about is you know be defiant. As, as soon as the play is over, don't accept that as your fate for <laughs> for for the next play and the play after that and the play after that. That's not easy to do. It sounds like kind of psycho babble BS. <laughs> but but when you're going against Fields and he's so damn accurate, it's good. And if you try to rush him from the edge, well, then you just kind of then he can just break contain. He's a 4-4 he he's, he's a sub 4 4 yeah, 40 guy. He's, dude, he's he's tough. He's I mean he's tough to deal with. And that can get frustrating. And you can you can find yourself trying to compensate for that over time. And I think so what Frost is talking about is stay disciplined, stay within each given play. And look, it's not like Ohio State is coming in with yeah, are they coming in with superior talent? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um but i wouldn't not say not experienced necessarily right right they they don't this is the first time they have they don't have a bosa or a or a chase young you know like Krenak,
3: there's there's seven new guys on that ohio state defense
4: i well Look, and I'm sure those and guys were – they're, they're awesome. I, yeah, I know. But how, how awesome are they? Exactly. I'm talking In the game degree on. to which. Yeah. Like, do they have the first overall pick on the defensive line? <laughs> Probably. Uh, eventually. <laughs> Maybe eventually. <laughs> but he's got to build up to that. This is the first – Yeah. He ain't Lawrence Taylor yet. I'm just saying. Give him till the third quarter. <laughs> well, and I'm just saying, look, Nebraska's rolling up with a secondary that's got experience. They're fun. Uh, they're uh, a fun secondary that can go mm-hmm. take the football away. Against a wide receiver core that's obviously super talented and is receiving balls from a very good quarterback mm-hmm. that's probably going to be a first-round. I'm not trying first to discount any of pick. that. Yeah. I, but, there is, but it's not like there's 2,000-yard receivers that they're trying to cover today, right? Like it's, they got a Lave
3: that he's got a chip on his shoulder based on how the Clemson game went last year.
4: Yeah, He's really good, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's younger guys that are trying to prove themselves, and they're going to try. Listen, they're going to be now. I'm I'm being overly optimistic. Nebraska's so, going to get that, rolled that, today. That Mark <laughs> at, at Mark Skers, yeah. that's your job. Disclaimer, this disclaimer. Morning. They're going to get rolled today. But uh, if if you're a uh, are they, listen, if you're a newer receiver for Ohio State, you you have not been tackled to the ground very much either, right? Neither of these guys have. Okay, now you're going against a Boodle. You're going against a Cam Taylor Britt. You're going against a Deontay, against a Dismuke. Mm-hmm. Deontay's going to light a couple people up today. I'm confident in saying that. he's He's been, gonna... he's been itching for a year, yeah. that shoulder injury. So he's going to light a couple people up today. You've, you've seen Cam Taylor Britt. He's capable of doing that, too. So if you're one of these younger Ohio State receivers that's trying to prove yourself, this is also your first welcome to what it's like to play big-time football. These guys are talented. I think the secondary is going to get burned a couple times because that's gonna what Ohio happen. State does. It's going to happen. But I think they're also going to get lit up a couple times like they've never been lit up in their lives. And are they going to be able to deal with that for a full game? We'll see. Probably because they do recruit, <laughs> recruit the creme de la creme. But I, I, I don't go in there thinking, oh, man, Nebraska's secondary is at such a disadvantage and they're just going to get picked apart all game long with no repercussions. I think there will be repercussions. And I think they're, I think Ohio State's got a bit of a learning curve, too. F- flip on the other side of the ball, Nebraska's offensive line, say what you want about whether or not they have a bunch of first-rounders or All-America, they sure as hell got experience. I mean, this is as, if not more, experience of an offensive line than Nebraska's had in forever.
3: Over 100 combined career starts. Yeah. You've got a couple of new spots where Farniak's at guard. They've been working him there, obviously. Yep. What type of help and what type of baptism does Ben Hart get at right tackle? Does he get some help, but with you know with tight end coverage yeah. off the edge, and then can Hymas do his thing uh, on, on the left side? Bo Wilson and then some of the guys behind him, and, and a big day for for Cam Jurgens too, as 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 well as he finished last season. Yeah, uh, he's kind of the starting point for sure to get things comfortable with with Adrian back there and. Yeah. Uh, we'll hear from Scott Frost right now on the Adrian Martinez dynamic. Specifically, you, you love the nod uh, that that happened earlier this week, and that is Adrian getting that uh, that pat on the back from his peers, yeah. uh, being announced as one of the captains. Here's Scott Frost.
5: Adrian's a great human being on top of being a good player. Luke McCaffrey's a great human being on top of being a, a really good player. So. Um, I think both those guys are seen as leaders of the team. The, the voting certainly kind of proved that. Um, but at, at every single position, there's a competition to see who the starting guy is going to be. So uh, quarterback was no different. Um, I don't know how much separation there was between the two, but um, they both did a great job. And, and Adrian did a good job on and off the field.
3: Go play ball. Go make plays. Be smart. And I think this is key, Kranak, for today, is for each quarterback, uh, you're supposed to come in and go win the Heisman if you're Fields. Uh, If you're Adrian, you want to kind of exercise some of last year's demons with how tough a game you had. You want to kind of rely on that success you did have as a true freshman. Uh, You really played well in Columbus, so you have that past experience of doing some nice things. Can you let the offense work for you, for both quarterbacks, but specifically can you just kind of stay even keel and not try and force it or push it because there's going to be some early opportunity in this game for momentum swings. And, and the other part of this, too, uh, that, that I think can help Nebraska – and I know a lot's been made out of, of attendance and crowd and decibel level and the fact that it's, it's empty. You had 110,000 spots that may hold a 1,000, right, family and friends. That is, that is interesting to me to see, you know, Ohio State has their own edge and their own juice. Sure. But it's a whole different thing when you come out to that home stadium. You got an 11 o'clock kick. Yeah, uh, are are they going to be able to to be uh, trained killers out of the gate early, right. or are they going to have to ease into things? Because it's a very real thing in college football, having to create your own momentum, your own your own energy, and that's that's a task Ohio State's got to have, and 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 be ready to, to come out of the gate. Because I think Nebraska is going to be prepared. Uh, Nebraska is out talented, but I think the 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 psyche and mindset here of just go play and and just let it let it all hang out that absolutely works in Nebraska's favor versus the pressure side of things there is pressure for Nebraska you want to go play well and perform well on this stage but i mean it's it's really ohio state's the storyline for the big 10 ohio state's the storyline for another team in the college football playoff they'll have that each week and you're supposed to do really bad things to nebraska it's one thing to to know you have to do it it's another thing to actually go out and do do it
4: yeah well and Totally, and they have. Look, it's a team with championship pedigree. I mean, I think there's a lot of people that thought they should have, you know, they they got jobbed last year, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, to put it lightly, um, and so that, that's that's a squad that's coming in with that kind of mentality. So, are they able to jump on Nebraska right away? Does Nebraska surprise them with the fight that they bring, mm-hmm. or do they lay down? Right? It's. it's I, I don't, don't expect them to lay down.
3: It's. Are you beaten into submission versus just checking out? And I don't anticipate Nebraska checking out today. I think there's
4: enough people that that if you start to see that for some reason, if you start to see maybe guys hanging their heads or not giving enough effort or whatever, I think you're at the, at the point now where you do have – you don't want to say enough depth because it's not – I'm not saying it's championship level yet. But I think at most positions – you have options. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure you've had options this whole time that, that Coach Frost has been here. Mm-hmm. I think in some cases it's just like, well, if this guy plays like garbage. He's the best we got. And it's not – and by a mile. So, as you know, there, so there's not much of – we really don't have much of a choice here. I do have a couple – I do wonder about a few things here, though. Now, when you look at – you look at how Nebraska played last year, against ohio state remember when they came out in the i formation and the plays came unglued right option football Kranick. well now i'm not i don't think in fact i know i know they're not completely transitioning to old school i form nor do i think that would necessarily be the best decision for the program but it looked pretty damn crisp last year I think. Are you, think, I are think you telling me
3: of, you break it out today a little bit as as a as a changeup?
4: I I just wonder how much more of a staple it is. Like, was that was that truly a one? Was that intended to be a one series wrinkle for the whole year last year? I don't think it. I think it was intended to be more than that. I think the game got away from them, so like. But screw it. Well, I, I we're think, not even I think giving think it away anymore.
3: I think your quarterback health really helped determine how much option ball you ended
4: up using the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, but, uh, right, though. But, do, but don't you think that that was intended to be more than a one series wrinkle for one game? And now they've had all this offseason. You have a line that probably averages, what, 320 a player? Mm-hmm. Right and like you mentioned, 100 some starts. You have a back that's about 220, 225. Mm-hmm. You got a quarterback that's about 220, 225. You got three tight ends that can play, which presumably could come play that quote fullback position or H back. I look. I'm not saying they're going back to Tommy triple option all the time. I'm I really think, not. I think it's but, in the back pocket if you want it today. Look, and and the fact that they're going with Mills. And the makeup of the offensive line, I truly think there is going to be more of an emphasis on physicality mm-hmm. than we have seen in a while, and I think that could express itself in one of those, uh, in some I-form. If it's not I-form in particular, some, some more downhill sets. They're going to run I the ball. We're going to run the ball then. See if that works.
3: Elijah's going to jump in here for a second on on option. Elijah, you got some some intel? Well, it's just I I don't think that the option is going to be a big part of the game plan today. But what I think it was big for
6: last
0: year is that Ohio State knew that that was in the back pocket of Nebraska. They were probably preparing for that. And even if Nebraska doesn't pull it out at all, uh, which I don't think they will, because I think they're going to stick with their traditional offense
6: and see how it works in game one. Uh, But even if they don't pull it out, Ohio State's been preparing for that, and that's less
3: time to prepare for the traditional Nebraska offense when you also have to prepare for the option on top of that. It's time spent. Good point. And, and yeah. yeah, you're 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 burning some time on uh hey, is we'll talk to Tim May here shortly. The rewind features the uh one of the top Ohio State insiders, uh the letterman.com with Tim May. So that's been a topic this week. Is it will Ohio State see Nebraska option football? Huh. And and it's it's been on some people's mind in Ohio State. Uh, we'll uh, continue to mow through this first day of football in the Big Ten. It's Nebraska football 2020. We're excited to have you with us. Weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. And uh, we are down here at the Hale Varsity at offices in the rail yard. Want to see you down here in the rail yard for Nebraska, Ohio State. And uh, just uh, an awesome spot to watch football, socially distant of course, and uh, enjoy the uh, the view from the cube. A quick timeout, and uh, with the weekend edition, a rewind next with Tim May talking Huskers and Buckeyes. This is Hail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: Now back with Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, with Chris Schmidt and Mark Traina.
3: Back to it, Hill Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's Nebraska-Ohio State Week. Season's getting kicked off. We welcome in uh, big-time Buckeye insider Tim May with the LettermanRoad.com. Tim, it's awesome to get caught up with you again. How you feeling heading into week one that's taken a while to get here?
1: Seems like it's taken three years. This 2020, uh, Chris, has been one for the record books in terms of hurry up and wait. Uh, you're not going to play. Yes, you are going to get to play, but you're not going to get to play till October. You're not going to get to play to the third week end of October, blah, 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 but the third weekend of October is upon us. Pretty exciting, I think, if you cover football, you know, like we do, and then then on top of that, you know, just the anticipation of the start of a year and the unknowns that come with that. It's pretty interesting that it's still here, and I keep reminding people, as bold and beautiful as the SEC is in uh, scheduling 10 games, for example, they haven't played all 10 games yet, so this (laughs) is going to be an interesting year, just uh, literally from day to day, but uh, season, but uh, definitely from week to week.
3: Tim Mays with us here. Follow him on Twitter at Tim underscore may sports. And, Tim, what do you expect in Saturday to look like? Do you have any gauge? I mean, this is going to be as great as football will be. It's going to be such a a weird, eerie sight. Yeah,
1: you know, Ryan Day even alluded to the fact, you know, they're going to have this ambient noise piped in at all the Big Ten games. Uh, Crowd murmurings, I think, is how the Big Ten uh, described the prerecorded stuff. And uh, then when big plays or something happens, they can juice up the volume from 70 decibels to 90 decibels, you know. And so that's interesting. But as Ryan Day pointed out, in Ohio Stadium, you get like this echo effect going, you know, because it's, you know, just like uh, Memorial Stadium there in in Lincoln, you know, it's a big, you know, it's a big empty when it's empty. Mm. And so that's going to be interesting. Having only about 1,000 people in the stands, most of them parents of the players, is going to be interesting because they'll be making their own ruckus. You would think. Matter of fact, I even asked some of the uh, some of the Ohio State parents whether they were going to try to have a get together with the uh, Nebraska parents. Because let's face it, that, those two groups, along with uh, uh, the Nebraska players and Ohio State players, and even the coaching staff administrations are probably why the key key components and why the Big Ten is even playing in October from the, the from the ruckus they put up. You know. And so see how much noise, it'll be interesting to see how much noise they can put together on a football Saturday.
3: Tell me a little bit of your interpretation and and reaction to Nebraska and Ohio State teaming up like they did to to get football. And Nebraska was loud. Ohio State carries such a huge stick, not only with uh, Dr. Borchers, but also Gene Smith and, of course, Ryan Day uh just just the i guess the camaraderie that will be put on hold for sure Saturday, but just this journey they 've taken together
1: yeah it it is interesting uh you know crisis makes strange bedfellows <laughs> because otherwise they're extremely competitive on the recruiting front, and you know any other way you can think about football goes you know you've got one you've got one program that's literally at the top of the heap, you know both uh both in your own neighborhood and then across the, you know, across the nation. I'm talking about Ohio State. You've got the other that used to be that way that's working very hard to try to get back. And so, the, you know, the just the competitive, competitive, competitiveness that comes with that, that's easy for me to say, uh, that comes with that, though, is is interesting to sort of put aside uh, for a common cause. And, you know, I had uh, Jack McEwen on my podcast this week from the Omaha World-Herald, and we were talking about things, you know, you, Probably the one that really kicked the tires to begin with were the Nebraska people, but the Ohio State people were right there with them. I mean, Ohio State tried to be sort of a, what you call a good member, you know, of of the club when they first, when it was first announced that football was being postponed till the spring, whereas, you know, the Nebraska folks let their, uh, Misgivings about it all uh, show right from the start of that, and then but Ohio State jump right back in there. Jean Smith holds a lot of sway, the athletic director of Ohio State. Dr. Christina Johnson, the new president of Ohio State, imagine her her little her, her first days on the job were in midsummer, and uh, this is what she was walking into. But she is very pro, very pro athletics and uh, and football in particular, and so she really moves. Uh, I think she made her voice heard after some tentative steps uh, among her peers in the Big Ten. And that's why we're sitting here today. Of course, the lawsuit that uh, was brought by the Nebraska players helped to uncover some of the irrationality, irrationalities. if In fact, that's a term of some of the reasons why the season was postponed to the spring in the first place. And uh, there wasn't a lot of reasoning going on except just because... You know, and uh, and what you found is you watch football all across the nation here in the last uh, six weeks, seven weeks. People are playing. Some of them have had to postpone games. Obviously, some guys have had to step aside, but they are playing the game. And uh, so far, it's been pretty safe when it comes to the COVID nineteen aspect of it.
3: Tim May's with us. Lettermanrow dot is where you find him, and get Tim on Twitter at uh, tim underscore may sports. Tim, when you look at this Ohio State squad, the the expectation is just reload. You have Fields back at quarterback, but give me kind of a, a rundown of, of what what the expectation is for Ohio State on the lines of scrimmage. You guys have always had incredible skill and ball hawkers in the secondary. Nebraska is excited that Okuda's is playing somewhere else, and you know with Chase Young. But what's what's uh, what's what monsters are lurking? I guess is the question that's that are supposed to be the next greats.
1: Well, that's what Ryan Day is trying to explain to people: is this is a different team, you know? And uh, I have I have already written and talked about this on my podcast many times. Offensive line, uh, for example, this is is deep. An offensive line and capable an of offensive line from that from that depth standpoint as I've ever covered at Ohio State. I've been covering the team since 1984 and was around it for uh, seven eight seven years before that. Uh, and then uh, and then of course you've got the best quarterback in the country, arguably he's at least in the running mm-hmm. in Justin Fields. We all saw you know what he did last year. You know, if he hadn't hurt his knee there in that Michigan game, who knows what, what he would have been like in that game against Clemson when they really needed some, uh, quarterback runs they didn't get, but still almost pulled it off. Uh, but you've got this offensive line It's uh, in essence, you got Thayer Munford at left tackle, who probably would have been a five star, uh, recruit if he hadn't switched teams going into his senior year and then didn't get, didn't get to play his, uh, his senior year in high school. And, uh, then the other, the other four starters are all five stars. Former five-star prospects, you know, not the least of whom is Wyatt Davis, an All-American at right guard last year. He, you know, he left the team, but then as soon as the Big Ten decided to revisit something that they didn't want to revisit, you know, he uh, and moved the move the uh, season back to the fall. He re-upped with the Buckeyes. His uh, grandfather, by the way, was is the late Willie Davis, defensive end of repute for the Green Bay Packers way back when. And uh, but then you got Josh Myers at center, uh, Harry Miller uh Fresh uh, sophomore this year at left guard and right tackle Nicholas Petit Freer, he seems to have won a battle for that starting job. Although he was pretty much considered to uh be the uh, heir apparent there, but he won a battle for that starting job with another five star Paris Johnson. So in essence, you got four five stars and a guy that should have been a five star uh starting on the offensive line with a bunch of backups there behind him. And in uh, at wide receiver, uh, the safeties coach for Ohio State, Matt Barnes, referred to the, Ohio State, the collection of receivers as electric as he uh the other day when we were talking to him about it and he says it's the best collection of receivers from a depth standpoint he's ever been around. And uh he's the safeties coach 'cause so he gets to see these guys on video every day if you oh. follow my drift. Oh, yeah. That's the reason I asked him about it. And then at running back you've got Master Teague the third back and I guarantee you Nebraska fans remember Master Teague the third from that game last year. I called him the guy they put in, it was the fatigue Uh, the fatigue unit they put in to wear on defenses after J.K. Dobbins and Justin Fields had kind of softened them up. And then they've got four guys extremely capable, they do believe, at tight end led by Luke Farrell and Jeremy Ruckert. uh, Jeremy Ruckert can stretch the field, good receiver, and then Luke Farrell is a really good blocking tight end and receiver. So they feel really good on that offensive side.
3: Yeah, you just kind of laid out uh, as uh, if I could paint a thought bubble of my listeners right now. Uh-oh, I mean, the the, the, the Vegas spread is the spread. Ohio State is out to, to make a statement. Uh, let's go to the defensive side uh, yeah. real quick. Uh, I mentioned the the two in- incredible draft picks that are now in the league with uh, with Okuda, who was just phenomenal last year in Lincoln. Chase yeah. Young, Scott Frost, Frost is – uh, draped praise on on him, you know, even yesterday. But tell me about Harrison and, and Wade; those are two big time uh, just playmakers for you defensively at Ohio State. And then who else? Who's kind of an under the radar, if there is such thing on the on the on the Silver Bullet squad? That, yeah, there, that folks may yeah. be uh, waiting to hear about.
1: Yeah, there are several guys who are under the under the uh, radar because, like you just pointed out, a lot of guys left from that great uh, defense from a year ago. And like you talk about Okuda, you know. You know it's your night when you can, when you intercept the ball while you're laying on your back. <laughs> so <laughs> I know well, it's not your been. night. <laughs> yeah, I know Nebraska exactly, or, or vice versa. Uh-huh. But uh, but the bottom line is they yeah they're replacing some big time players. Zach Harrison was a five star, one of the top rated recruits in the country a year ago, and played a, quite a bit as the year went on. He's replacing in essence Chase Young. You got some other guys. Jonathan Cooper was a returning was a captain last year, suffered a high ankle sprain which kept him out of all but four games last year. He's back now in his, in essence, his uh, fifth year, and uh, he's going to be the other defensive end. But you got this kid named Tyreek Smith, for example, who got banged up as the year went on last year. But if he stays on the uh, – you know, he's one of those guys with that great explosive uh, uh, first and second steps, you know, as a defensive end who could really turn heads. Oh, sir, and you got a bunch of guys behind those guys where they're, where they're really trying to replace people, uh, quality people, uh is in those defensive tackle units because, you know, really, they're going to have, in essence, uh, uh, four new starters across that defensive front when you really look at it. And uh, the the defensive nose tackle and then three technique, you know, uh, the guys that were really good there last year, Devon Hamilton and Jay Sean Cornell, of course, they're gone. They're also in the NFL. But, uh, you know, Tommy Togi is a guy to keep your eye on. He played quite a bit last year. They're kind of scrambling at that other defensive tackle spot, but there are three or four guys that could play, including uh, Haskell Garrett, a kid who was wounded uh, in a, when he tried to break up a, a domestic dispute back in the summer and got shot. The bullet went, went through his cheeks, uh, and he's been recovering from that. He's a guy who may or may not play much on Saturday. Uh, but they've got other guys that are ready to step in, like a Jaden McKenzie and uh, names like that. So keep your uh, keep your program handy. And then in the defensive backfield, they've got one returning starter in Sean Wade. And really, he was the he was what you'd call a nickel cornerback. But Ohio State played one high safety and three corners almost all year last year. And he was one of those three corners. Of course, he returned. He left the team for a while, but returned after they they got uh, the clearance to play. He'll be one of the. Safety in one of the uh, cornerback spots. Probably Marcus Williamson will be replacing him in that slot corner. You see, it looks that way right now. A guy who's been there for a while, a journeyman. And then Seven Banks, another journeyman, will be probably at the beginning at least in that other uh, uh, cornerback spot with possibly Cam Brown or some, somebody else also stepping in there.
3: A few more minutes Ohio State preview with Tim May, LettermanRoad.com. More on the Buckeye secondary.
1: At safety, Josh Proctor big time recruit out of Oklahoma 3 years ago. He's been waiting his turn and learned from a really good one in Jordan Fuller last year. They think he might be ready to play, but another guy who might not even start in the game at that spot is Marcus Hooker, the younger brother of Malik Hooker who everybody remembers from Ohio State from several years ago. You know, great center fielder. Safety his brothers a lot like him. Uh, Josh Proctor's more of a roll up and and uh, hit you hard in the in the uh, in the slot. Kind of guy at a safety spot. They're both considered uh, rising uh, possible playmakers, so that's what they're dealing with. But they got all they got three linebackers back. Tough Borland in the middle. Baron Browning, who was his backup in the middle, is now at the strong side uh, linebacker spot. And then uh, P. Warner, who started the last uh, two years at uh, at the uh, strong side linebacker spot, is now uh, the starter at weak side linebacker. And they've got a they've got a a slew of journeymen uh second, third-year players who are champing at the bid just to get a chance to play, like the Roger Mitchell, Kayvon Pope, Dallas Gantt, those are just to name a few, Tommy Eichenberger. so they feel like they've got the depth there, but some of those guys have not played a whole lot yet.
3: Tim May, a couple more minutes with us. Hale City Radio preview in Ohio State, Nebraska. You can hear Tim May with his podcast, LettermanRow.com. That's on Apple and different uh, podcast platforms. And uh, you can read Tim, uh, of course, with LettermanRow.com at Tim underscore Mays Sports is where you follow him. Tim, you know, where where can Nebraska or how, in, in your eyes, can Nebraska hang around at this? We, you know, it's it's just Tuesday but a lot of Nebraska fans remember the, the effort that Nebraska had in, in 2018, and I know that was, a, that was a different Ohio State team, and it was an Ohio State key, team coming off that what the hell happened in West Lafayette. Uh, fast forward to last year, Ohio State was you know as good as advertised the real deal. So yeah. how do things <laughs> at least stay somewhat competitive and in a non-embarrassing fashion for Nebraska Saturday, or is that likely?
1: Well, even last year when you look back on that game, some things went topsy turvy for Nebraska, yeah. including like I said, that interception when Jeffrey Okuda was laying on his back and tipped ball. The guy was open, you know, and Adrian Martinez missed him or he didn't let's let's say he didn't put it he didn't drop the dime in the bucket, let's put it that yeah. way. And uh and that you know, those were the kind of plays that kill you uh when you when you get a couple of turnovers like that, like Ohio State did earlier. Of course Chase Young might have had his best game of the year last year at Nebraska, when the bright when the bright lights were shining, but uh, Nebraska always has a good plan offensively, in my opinion. I thought they really were affected last year, and Jack McEwen and I talked about that. When Adrian Martinez got kind of banged up, uh, he just didn't seem to be the same player. You know, uh, he wasn't, and and uh, and that really hurts you in a game like that. Because I've always thought, like I said, Nebraska's had some pretty damn good plans mm-hmm. offensively, so they've got to like take advantage of some things that a young defense, a youngish defense is going to give them on Saturday. And we all remember last year when they jumped into the I formation, suddenly that homage uh, <laughs> series until they turned it over. Ohio state didn't have anything, didn't have any idea what to do with it. You remember that? Remember that the little series little option play, football? Yeah. The homage to the, to the great days of the I option, you know? And, uh, and, and, and uh, interestingly, that's where I'm curious. And most guys who cover Ohio state are curious is to see how well Tommy Togiai and those middle guys in the middle of the defense, defensive front, play on Saturday because uh, now the focus is on them. They've got to rise. you got to figure Scott Frost and his group, they know who the who the new guys are out there. Uh, they know, know who to pick on and, and possibly, as uh, John Cooper used to say, scratch where they itch, <laughs> you know, and uh, so I would expect uh, – uh, I would expect Nebraska to have a pretty pretty good offensive game plan. But the thing that uh, – the wait, real quick, the thing that he's got going for him, Scott Frost did, he didn't have last year, I think he feels like Luke McCaffrey can also play. Mm-hmm. So, Fajer Martinez isn't necessarily getting it done. You can get uh, Luke McCaffrey in there and maybe uh, punch some other buttons.
3: You do have options at quarterback. Nebraska's going to need to be better, and, and you and I both know this against the run in the Big Ten. Pass rush has been an issue. Uh, Tim, as we wrap here, and it's so good to talk to you next time you're in town, brother, we are going to hit Misty's. I know we talked about that before Uh, we we started chatting here and get us a a Nebraska steak. I'm I'm interested in, in what 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 the feel is for fields and and what i mean by that is is he a guy that's so cool and calm he doesn't get into that realm of trying to do too much because it looks like it's he, he does everything with ease how how's his headspace going to be with this drive i mean this this bitter taste they have of either falling short or getting hosed uh, against clemson last year i mean is he going to be able to to stay within himself and, and just be great
1: yeah, you know they had the they had both of those feelings leaving that field, and uh, you know the adults in the room, which were the referees, kind of messed them over a couple of times. But the bottom line is they still had a chance to win that game, yeah. and uh, and uh, Chris Olave zigged when he should have zagged on that last pass, and because uh, they had him mashed up against uh, probably Clemson's fourth or fifth best defensive back. You know that's you know yeah, does that stick in their craw? Absolutely. But Justin Fields. You If you watched last year, which we did, he got better seemingly on every possession and uh, grew into that. You know, it was his first year as a starter in college, his second year in college. He had started at Georgia. He uh, started his career at Georgia, as you well know. But in uh, Georgia, it looks like they could use him now. But I digress. Bottom line is, he. I think the only thing he needs to guard about is, you know, he fought tooth and nail to have this season, mm. as you well know. Started that petition. They got all those. Uh, ridiculous number of signatures, you know, online, et cetera, on Twitter. Uh, He and Trevor Lawrence kind of teamed up in that regard to say we want to play. Uh, But the bottom line, I think what he has to watch for is maybe being a little overeager, you know, because now, you know, Christmas has come, you know. Mm -hmm. He he asked for this gift, and now he's got it. You know, you don't want to be like my dad when I got a uh, Cox-powered airplane when I was like eight years old, and (laughs) my dad took it out the flight for the first time, This is for remote controls. And then he went around twice, got dizzy, and tried to flip it around his head, and that plane crashed right into the parking lot and never flew again, you know. <laughs> you don't want to be that, you know. You don't want to be too eager. And uh, and But he's got weapons around him. Trey Sermon, the transfer running back from Oklahoma, you know, Master Teague third. like we talked about, just the running backs, and then, uh, and then those receivers. What they want him to do is run the offense, stay efficient, and if the big plays there, take it. And, uh... And, and, of course, everybody knows that he's healthy now. And when he's healthy, he has a sub 4.4 second 40. Man. So he's always a lethal threat to run it.
3: There you go. There's your rundown on the Buckeyes. Good luck and God bless for Nebraska. Tim May with us, LettermanRow.com, the podcast, and, of course, his work covering Ohio State. Tim, we'll talk soon, and thanks for your time today.
1: You, you got it, Chris. I'm looking forward to that steak from Misty's, my man. I'm telling you that right now.
0: The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz.
1: Y'all do not even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranek. Time has come for
2: someone to put his foot down, and that foot is me.
3: Welcome to it. Great to have you back. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery Weekend Edition. Pre-Nebraska, Ohio State. Sit down. We're down here in the rail yard. We invite you down. Going to be uh, just an amazing day. Your chance to watch Nebraska, Ohio State. Uh, The Cube will be rocking and it'll be uh, socially distant and safe, of course. And uh, we invite you down. Chris Schmidt, Mark Crane, Elijah Herbel. Big thanks to Tim May in Hour One, our Buckeye insider. Uh, an extended sit-down and just some some thoughts. Tim May's in Columbus now, and I think he's dreaming of uh, a big old steak from Nebraska. Uh, also in Columbus right now, and I will find out what his uh, pregame meal was. We welcome in managing editor with com and Magazine uh, on the way to cover Nebraska and ohio state on site brandon vogel with his head brandon l vogel and he's one of only like eight media members right i mean he's uh, the, part right? of yeah. part of that crew we we say hi to vogues vogues how was your uh, your friday night in columbus bud thanks for your time
6: yeah, thank you it was uh, pretty pretty quiet got some food delivered to the hotel and uh got stuff ready for today while watching wisconsin uh, kind of easily dispatch illinois
3: that was a, that was a baby seal clubbing last night, man. I mean, uh, you had the uh, the scoop and score for Illinois. I, I love Lovey's athletes he has on defense, but uh, the 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 Mertz show was was very real. I mean, there'll be a lot of overreaction to it, but he looked darn good last night yeah. for a redshirt freshman. Wisconsin really put the hammer down after that thing uh, almost got within uh, you know twenty points.
6: Yeah, uh, when Illinois came out and uh, turned it over on their first drive, I was like, "That that might do it for this one." And you had a, a glimmer of hope there when uh, Illinois' defense scored, but the offense couldn't do much of anything. Uh, which you know might be important for Nebraska today. Uh, you think back to that that 2018 game, and uh, having some things go well from the start, I think, is really important for for Nebraska to have a chance here. Uh, they went down and scored on their opening drive, uh, had the unforgettable onside kick flub, but then got a stop in their own territory. Um, and you just, you, yeah, so that's two drives. You're basically won there. And, and getting that momentum rolling against a team like this is, is pretty much vital when you're in the spot in Nebraska
2: fan.
4: You know, speaking of momentum, last year, and we were talking about this in the first hour, let's let's go for some wild speculation here, Brandon. Um <laughs> You know Nebraska goes I formation last year for that series, and it, things were pretty good until that ridiculous interception where the guy's laying on his back and it just kind of lands on his. Yeah, that, that you would know. be the third pick overall, Jeff Akuda Right. So look, I mean, it was um, the the momentum that that brought to Nebraska though, and how crisp it looked, made me think: Is that really just a one series? Wrinkle because it looks like these, it looks like Nebraska works on this (laughs) with some regularity. But then maybe after the Akuda interception, they're just like, you know what, forget it. We're not going to let, like, just nope. And now they've had 10 months. Like, I'm not saying they're going back to Tommy Frazier triple option stuff here. Um, But do you think more of the physical downhill style is going to find its way into the Scott Frost? offense as he evolves it from the time that he was at Oregon and UCF now Nebraska the personnel's different what, what, what do you think about that ridiculous speculation
6: I mean I think we could find out pretty quick today um and now it's a, it's a little bit strange because literally the only only team they showed that against last year was Ohio State but you look at this year's Ohio State team, and <laughs> there's, there's no weak points. There's only like maybe that, that part's a little bit flexible. And I think Nebraska's ability to run between the tackles uh, could be one of those, those places where you test. It, it's one of the greener areas for Ohio State. Um, and also, you know, with, with this kind of reworked offensive line, now you've got a senior captain in there at right guard. Um, who might be going up against some, some some relatively younger players for Ohio State in the middle of that defensive line, and, and then when you have, so I think you could see more of that. And I you know talked about this on on the podcast this week um, in the passing game. I think you really the teams that have had success against Ohio State in the past have have tested the linebackers in coverage. So I think this could be a big game for Nebraska's tight ends as well. Um, which is the part of the receiving game that I think at this point, I feel the most confident about when you look at the receiver core and who may or may not be here for Nebraska. today
3: The elusive tight end. That's right. Yep. Give me a little Johnny Mitchell. Uh, Brandon Vogel's with us. Sail <laughs> and magazine. The I 80 podcast is a must subscribe to and listen to. Voges uh, had an awesome, uh, uh, podcast, uh, kind of kickoff. You had the, uh, Soft opening two weeks ago, Vogues, and then you had uh, your Ohio State Nebraska preview. So let's talk offensive rhythm. If Nebraska is going to hang in this thing and, and compete, it's going to be, I think we all think on on the shoulders of the Nebraska offense. So let's let's talk about that rhythm from a play call standpoint, from a scheme standpoint. Uh, you got to get Adrian settled in, uh, and the run game's got to be. Very key. I'm, I'm wondering, do we see, to your point about option football, Kranak, do we see more of a, of a running Adrian today? Because that really was effective two years ago against the Ohio State defense. Adrian was good with his legs and his arm. It got him into rhythm. It seemed to get him into rhythm last year when he had some of his betters, better games. Adrian on the ground. How focal is that this, this, this morning?
6: Uh, It'll depend a little bit. It'll depend, I think, some on on how Ohio State chooses to defend Nebraska. I would be a little bit surprised if they kind of, at least out of the gates here, don't come out uh, geared up for the run itself, be a quarterback or or handoff run game. At least that's when, when you look at some of just the uncertainty for Nebraska, at wide receiver, that's probably what I would expect to see. Uh, and that, that twenty eighteen game, you know Nebraska did get that early momentum going. They were pretty pass heavy on first downs you know when I look back at that game this week, which was which was a little bit interesting. Um, it, it, they just felt a little bit I think freer at that moment in that that twenty eighteen season to to do so. You had you know Spielman and Stanley Morgan had a good game that game. Do they feel that good about the receivers right now? I, I just don't know. And, and you look at the offensive line and the running back court, probably if, if Nebraska has its choice, uh, it's going to get things done on the ground. And, and that's going to be really important. Can they can they stay on schedule that way? You start to do that, and then you open up some more of those, those quarterback, design quarterback runs or even read options and, and things of that nature. So I don't know if we'll see a heavy dose of Adrian early, though, if, if – if we do, and he, he kind of looks like—I mean, Adrian—Adrian Adrian looked good running the ball at times last year too. So it certainly makes sense to to try and use one of your best weapons.
4: Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, anytime you're looking at, I mean, it's a 26-point underdog. That's what Nebraska is. So you're grasping at straws no matter what kind of matchup you look at, uh, yeah. position group-wise. But let's let's look at one and just handicap it for me a little bit. Ohio State's receiving core against Nebraska's secondary. How do you see that one? Um, Ohio State's receiving
6: core is still a, a pretty heavy favorite, I think, uh, just man for man, talent to talent. But I, I'm pretty high on Nebraska's secondary. I think you know it's, it's one of the better matchups you'd probably find position group versus position group in this game for Nebraska. Um, so, so, I'm interested to see what they can do there. Um, I'll, I'll be in, interested to see. You know, Ohio State could be could be a little bit run heavier than than normal as well. Uh, that that wouldn't totally surprise me. Trey Sermon, Oklahoma transfers. Uh, people are pretty high on him. Uh, he was he was really good two years ago, and then dealt with some injury stuff last year. So. I think the safety is down in the box and their ability to tackle. Um, I'll be really interested to see Deontay Williams just because, you know, personally, I'm happy for the guy to finally be able to to play football again. But he's one of Nebraska's best hitters, uh, most active guys. And I think for he's someone who, who has to play pretty well today for Nebraska to to, to be at its optimal level, I think.
3: Vogues, a thought with, you know, what what is the game plan from Coach Chinander aside from get, you know, maybe an extra seven or eight guys up front on the line of scrimmage, I I kid. But, you know, Ohio State, if they're smart, they're going to really lean on this five-star, five-man offensive front to to run the football. And it's up for Nebraska to stop the run, but from a i guess an off balance standpoint what what sticks out about you know one of the better games nebraska's defense has played was at at ohio state two years ago and i keep going back to that because that was a that was a moment where where nebraska had a shot and the defense wall they got bloodied they also connected a few times with some splash plays gifford was fantastic Uh, jojo had a Really nice day as well. Uh, Lamar, the interception in the end zone. So Nebraska got some takeaways that Saturday in Columbus. How aggressive are you? How exotic are you trying to get pressure with a, just a phenomenal athlete and passer uh, back there for Ohio State? Or do you, just, do you just load up against the run? I mean, what, what's the poison you deal with here Saturday? Uh, and what are you trying to do defensively if you're Nebraska?
6: Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be careful. Like, if you can get Ohio State into some passing downs, obviously, that's 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 step one. But I think you gotta then be careful when you get those uh, in in terms of in terms of the ag- aggressiveness. Just because you know Dwayne Dwayne Haskins was a good quarterback, um, kind of more of an in the pocket guy. <laughs> Fields might be an even better passer and is perfectly happy to sit back there and pick you apart but when he does go uh, he usually goes for pretty big runs so you've got to be really wary of that when you get in those instances but I, I think you're right this needs to be a havoc type game for Nebraska defensively came away with three takeaways two fumble recoveries and an interception I believe in that 18 game but forced four fumbles and, and, and that's what you need you just need to kind of be out there and um, obviously you're you're trying to force a fumble every play but to be able to get them and just kind of having that mindset i think more than anything um without the mindset you're not even going to have have a chance to to kind of go after those balls and, and be a little bit ball hockey you look at it ohio state scored 36 points and and nebraska took three drives away from them that's that's kind of what you have to do in this one
4: Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And, you know, kind of part of that, too, when you have a, an elusive quarterback that can also throw – I mean, Fields is just – He's it's awesome. He's a great quarterback. Like, literally a great quarterback. That's not a cliche. He's great. <laughs> um, do you take maybe the Virginia Tech – uh, Eagle defense. Sort of Bear mush defense. rush? Because here's the thing. If you're, if you're screaming off the edge on this guy, which Nebraska hasn't been good at anyways – Right? They have not been good off the edge uh, rushing the passer. If you're not good at that anyways, why would you do that against someone like Fields? Like, do you think we'll see some up-the-middle stuff, uh, some, some pressure trying to be applied there, and you're just sort of mush-rushing and just trying to keep Fields contained that way?
6: you could. It'll depend on, I guess, Nebraska's confidence and its ability to cover for for long stretches then, and and they might feel good about that. I mean, like like we've already kind of talked about, I think all of us here feel the best about Nebraska's secondary of probably any level of the defense. Which is Um, funny, Brandon, not to cut you off,
4: but uh, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. The the, the secondary, I I totally agree, but they could absolutely get torched today, but I wouldn't necessarily see that as an indictment on... On them. them for the whole year but sorry i digress
6: yeah no I, i'm I'm right there with you um it's so that would be a big part of it you know this has to be the biggest ohio state's going to gain yards they're probably going to gain a lot of yards but if nebraska can tackle well that's that's another way you kind of stay in this one it was a real struggle for nebraska as, for the defense as a whole as a whole i think they can be a little bit better this year um just with the safety play and inside linebacker play, I think they're able to get bring up rushing off the edge, like that outside linebacker spot's still a huge question. Nebraska needs to get some production from that spot one way or another, and I don't know if today will be the day for that, but it's got to come sooner or later this
3: season. Vogues, who's uh, who's your offensive MVP today for Nebraska? Who's the defensive MVP today for Nebraska? Hmm.
6: Um... I'll probably, is, that, I'll probably, is that a next well, question?
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> no. I mean, it probably has to be Adrian Martinez, but uh, I'll, I'll go with Dedrick Mills to uh, just vary it up a little bit. And I'm really interested to see Ronald Tompkins, too. You know, he was a guy that Ohio State kind of started sniffing around there when it became clear that he was rehabbing, you know, as a high school player. And Nebraska, to his credit, had stuck with him the whole way, and he stuck with Nebraska. So. You know, this could be, <laughs> not to put too many expe- expectations on the guy, but when Frost said this week that he's basically a full go, then it's like, okay, well, let's let's see what this is all about. So, you know, I think he could be a potential storyline coming out of this. I'd be surprised if he was the offensive MVP. Um, defensive, you know, I'll go back to, to Deontay Williams, potentially. Um, he's kind of my best bet on, on that side, though. Again, I think I'll be watching Colin Miller pretty closely, too. Um, He's obviously a captain, uh, but just hearing him talk over the off season and about this team then this week, um, really impressive. And, and I think I'm think i I'm expecting pretty big things from him this year, too.
4: You know, you're bringing up Tompkins. Uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, about does Nebraska start to maybe evolve, not fully commit to, but start to evolve that offense into more of a downhill style. The fact that Tompkins has passed Ramir, you know, those are two very different style of runners. Now we haven't seen Tompkins yet, but from his high school film, very much a sl- slasher type. Yep, yep. You know, similar to Mills. To be honest, a little smaller, maybe a little quicker. Um, but he, he's a that's another downhill back. So your top two backs, that's what you're rolling out with. You're not rolling out with a you know scat back type that's not what you're prioritizing right now in Nebraska. do you think that signals anything about how Frost is evolving this thing
6: um i mean they, they they've still got a pretty good complement of of guys back there when you when you get beyond the, those two but to kind of reference back to where we where we started here uh, remember that that I formation last year mills was the quote-unquote, fullback. And, mm-hmm. you know, that they got him on, on one of the, one of those fullback dives. It was just such a quick-hitting play, which we all remember from Nebraska of the, the 80s and 90s. Like, you just, you get going downhill. So, if, if Nebraska wanted to, um, you could have a pretty big backfield if you choose, choose to go with a two-back set like that. And I'm forgetting which defensive coach it was at the moment, but one of Nebraska's defensive coaches mentioned that they'd seen some two-back sets. Um, you know, throughout camp. So I think it's in there. Um, and I think for this game in particular, as we talked about with relative question marks on, on the interior of that Ohio State defensive line, I, I'd be surprised if we didn't see some of that.
3: Vogues, hmm. uh, what time do you head to the stadium? Or are you, uh, did you bring your sleeping bag and to spend the night there?
6: <laughs> I'm only about a mile away, so I will be departing, uh, as soon as we get done with this spot, so we'll uh, we'll be live on site here in about 20 minutes.
3: Well, I'll tweet a picture of you from the uh, the press box, and uh, give me a score today.
6: <laughs> uh, do you want the score now? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm probably in the like 42-24 range, and I, and I think yeah. that could end up looking pretty good. Like if you can get to halftime, and you're like, okay, this is a game. I mean. Like we said, Ohio State's a 26, 27-point favorite, Um, so you kind of know what you're walking into. But you get into the third quarter, and that that talent advantage probably shows up. But if Nebraska can be in it at halftime, I think um, at that point in a chaotic season uh, with the added chaos of just season openers in general, you'll take that. You'll take your shot and see what happens.
3: Brandon Vogel, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor of the I-80 Podcast. And uh, he is in Columbus, Ohio, on site for Nebraska and Ohio State for Hale Varsity. Vogue safe uh, trip and travels, and uh, thanks for your time today. Thanks a lot, guys. There he is, Brandon Vogel. With us, Uh, quick timeout. We're down here in the rail yard in the Hale Varsity Herd Ad offices getting you ready as the uh, nebraska ohio state game will be on the cube down here in the rail yard so you're invited to come out watch nebraska ohio state and and uh be uh be a consumer be a safe consumer socially distant but uh check things out down here in the rail yard today for nebraska football it feels amazing the football's finally back i am smiling another year of talking nebraska that is uh Big time. We'll check in with the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp on the way. And then uh, Cousin Dino, Dean Schmidt, will give us the final word uh, as uh, he's the biggest Nebraska fan I know. And uh, we'll get his take on uh, what happens today in Columbus. Dino's uh, a guy that that knows a thing or two about point spreads. Bless his heart. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll get a score prediction from him. This is Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
2: Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Krainak.
3: Well, I just officially got taunted. I'm throwing a flag on Mark Kranak. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, some amazing food from our friends and muchachos down here. We're down in the rail yard. Hale Varsity Radio Weekend Edition in the Hale Varsity Herd at offices. Krainak, that that is the mother of all breakfast burritos. What do you got rocking oh my there? My
4: goodness. It's ridiculous. It looks I mean, great. It's, it's you got a, a little pork and egg and green sauce. It's about 17 pounds of pulled pork, uh-huh. mixed with about 80 eggs and a, a block of cheese wrapped into a tortilla with but some. Did you leave sauce. any? Did you leave any? There's more over there. Okay, well, you got to okay. you got to kind of you got to brace yourself though. That These looks things have good. Some uh,
3: Speaking of bracing oneself, uh, what's the the mood and the mindset? We welcome in the Iron Horse gary sharp to talk nebraska ohio state sharpie welcome to football brother been a long time coming how are you yeah
0: 330 days i think if i ate that burrito that mark was uh, describing i'd be in a food coma before 11 it's
3: uh, <laughs> it's really good well, we'll get you some jaeger to wake you up um,
0: all right well you, you you hold that i will uh, i will be there with you guys next week i really appreciate the fight I invite this week we've you know been eight months together through a pandemic, and the season starts, and you guys go ghost on me.
3: Brother, the door's open for you. I, I know we should have reminded you. So, <laughs> There's only
4: so many burritos, though.
3: <laughs> I will save it's one for personal. You. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> how are you feeling, man? How are you feeling today? And, you know, what, what are your hopes for 2020, Sharpie? I mean, the hope was to get football. We have that. That's awesome. But now, uh, let's go a little bit more zoomed in and that's the fact that uh, nebraska's got a great opportunity but there's also the uh, the weariness out there that that is real with uh, arguably one of the best teams in college football if not the best the favorite one of the favorites along with clemson to to take the title down so what do you what do you anticipate today
0: well like you guys have been uh, describing this is a great day i mean you know we're, we're trying to battle a pandemic and everything that's going on in our life and we get this little respite where we didn't think we'd have football. and You know, people are excited. I, I jumped out of the lab early this morning, went out and about in the community, and, you know, people are geared up, and you, you get the sense that, okay, now normalcy is returning. Um, and then normalcy will uh, hit you right in the face today when you realize you're playing one of the best teams in college football, a team that could win a national championship. But I think today is all about Nebraska. I, I, I know, get ready for the snarky comments that Nebraska falls behind, but this is about Nebraska. You know, Ohio State is Ohio State, and they're going to try and do their thing. They're either going to try and throw a knockout punch first, or they're going to struggle. It's going to be choppy, and you know, maybe Nebraska, like two years ago, was in a ball game. But this is about Nebraska, and and I don't know, you know, what, what people want to say is a successful season in their mind. A successful season in my mind, I'm not looking at a record, even though I think four and four and five and three is very obtainable. If you think this program has made strides, but I think the look today and moving forward is key. That it looks like there's progress. It looks like this is a well-managed program from the CEO all the way down. That the recruiting is real. That players that are coming into the program that are highly ranked are actually really good. That um, you've got some guys that have developed. And then I think the biggest thing that I'll look forward to this year that really you have to do to ignite the fan base for 2021 is what does it look like on game day? Do guys have better football IQ? Do they have better feel for the game? Do they understand time and situation and score? And can they bring all of those things together? I think there's a lot of unknowns about this team, but I I think I'm very optimistic about where this program is because I think, as I've said numerous times, you guys, they've eliminated a lot of excuses off the field. We haven't heard about culture or buy-in. What we're hearing now is about football stuff, and that's how it should be in year three.
4: You know, is part of the optimism the fact that when I try to think of, like, finesse players on this roster and 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 if you were to ask yourself that question like three years ago
5: you would probably be able to name a few
4: i can't name any it it doesn't mean that nebraska is going to be great now it doesn't mean that they're going to go undefeated but in terms of just having a roster to where your only options that you can trot out there are guys that are okay with being physical doesn't mean they're great at it again but but, right do you kind of see that same thing I do, and I, and I think that's, you know, you've been able to
0: turn the, the corner in two years to kind of fleece the program, and I think players in the program nowadays, Mark, they understand what you want out of them, and the coaches understand what they have in the players. And, and I think they're all on the same, not all, but majority of them are on the same page, and they can move this forward where you can trust guys. I think that's the biggest thing I've learned with this staff, is that they have to trust you before they put you in key situations, and I think listening to coaches the last two weeks, there's a lot longer list of guys they actually trust in key situations than I think, you know, even last year and, of course, more than their, their first year.
3: Gary Sharps with us. Hail Varsity Radio. Sharpie. when we get to that trust factor, when we get into game plan here and, and success offensively, uh, what, what do you anticipate here? What, what type of game will Coach Frost call – uh, what's the comfort level like on game day with Lubick? We know their history, so we, we know that the comfort's very real. But let's talk about how this all translates to calling a really good game for Adrian and then in turn Adrian executing at quarterback uh, to to really drive this offense to, to make it a, a ball game. It's gonna It's going to be about Nebraska's offense, what they can do, and you need a little help from the defense. But how does that – that triumvirate work between Lubick, Frost, and Adrian today. What do you you foresee?
0: Well, I think you have, for the first time in maybe a decade, you have some real optimism on the offensive line. you got some depth in the trenches, and Nebraska hasn't had that. So what do you also have? You have a running back that is running for a paycheck. Feed the beast today. Deidre Mills all season long should carry the ball. I think Nebraska's identity is going to be running the football today run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, keep Ohio State off the field, control the clock, stay on the field, on third down, and also let Adrian Martinez ease back into it. You know, I think he's, cleaned, uh, he's cleared the mechanism upstairs. I think you'll see a different quarterback, but I don't think they're going to ask him to be Superman. I think they're going to ask him to just be a facilitator of the offense, drop it into the slot, let those guys catch and run. I don't know. You know, not knowing who's going to play a lot today, That vertical threat is probably not still there. But first and foremost, this program needs an identity, and I think the identity starts today against a defensive line in Ohio State. But Yeah, they might have a future NFL guy sitting there, but they're nowhere near where they were last year. I say run the ball, keep running the ball, and run the ball again until you're stopped. (laughs) I'm Mr. Run-the-Ball guy today.
4: How many on the offensive line for Nebraska do you think ultimately end up playing in the NFL?
0: Uh, I will say that there will be three on the offensive line, maybe a fourth that plays in the NFL. Okay. Now, how this, long has it been since we've been able to the, say that? Is, is this the guys in the program or guys that, you know, are, are maybe going to play?
5: Out of the five that
4: are starting today, just, uh, how, how many of them do you think get snaps in the NFL eventually?
0: I think three plus possibly another one. And you're right. We haven't been able to say that in a long time. We also haven't been able to say that if you look to the backups, that there's guys there that if they progress could someday be in this discussion, one of them being Turner Corcoran, who I was elated to hear Greg Austin talk about the other night, that one of your highest-ranked recruits is going to be on the field. And a matter of fact, your only recruits at the offensive line in 2020 Corcoran and Kahn, both out of the state of Kansas, they both could play this year. I think that says a lot about Greg Austin. I think it says a lot about the development and the recruiting of that position.
3: Gary Sharps with us, Hale Bar City Radio. Sharpie, uh, let's flip it over to the defensive side of the ball and uh, game plan for for Nebraska against uh, a guy like Fields. Uh, What's your... (laughs) What do you want to do? Today. Uh, yeah, you're uh, you weary about the Ohio State run attack. Their offensive line's just incredible. Uh, but they also have uh, athletes at wideout, A's money, uh, and then you got Fields pulling the trigger who's really, really talented. You know, what's, um, what, what's, the, um, what's the plan for Chenander and uh, how do you go about slowing these guys down, if at all?
0: Well, first and foremost, I'll learn more about the offense for Nebraska today on how they're able to execute defense. I don't, I don't have a lot of hopes today because there's a lot of new guys and new positions, and they're getting educated right away. That's an offense that's going to stress you by the way they challenge you and they match you up. And then you've got Justin Field, too, a legit Heisman Trophy. Uh, quarterback that is the best quarterback Nebraska will face all year you got to get to him but you got to get through an offensive line that has numerous NFL guys on it with a defensive line that we still don't know a lot about because those guys are getting their first extended action but last year Fields was able to just sit back and pick apart Nebraska and he hardly got touched I don't know if he got touched the entire game by somebody that was wearing a red jersey so you have to find a way to get to him whether you bring pressure, however you do it, you can't let him stand back there and just pick apart Nebraska because you like your defensive backfield, but they're going against some talented wide receivers, and they can't hold on forever. So I think Nebraska's going to need their stars on defense, if you consider them stars, to play really well today. And most of those guys are in the back end. But this isn't quite the challenge. I think keep an eye, though. Will Ohio State be able to run the ball? as good as they did last year, without J.K. Dobbins. Man, he was so dynamic in that offense. The thing they could do with him in the running game and the passing game. Now they have Sermon, the transfer from Oklahoma, and then Teague, who got hurt in the spring. And if it was a regular season, probably would not have started the year. So let's see how they run. But Nebraska's got to get the field, and they've got to tackle, and they've got to tackle in the open field. And then most, they've got to get off the field on third down, and they've got to force
4: turnovers. Gary, I go back and forth on on how to even – Look at this season. I mean, with with how many interruptions there there were with, you know, delays to the start of the season, potential more delays, changes to the schedule, all that to where I'm just sort of like, you know, this whole season, take it with a grain of salt. But the closer I get to it now, I'm sort of like, actually, this maybe you should take this one even more seriously, because it's sort of about your substance, you know, because th- there, there are going to be no games whatsoever. There's no warm-up games. There's no one A. There's no Sun Belt. There's no none of that. I mean, it is just flat out. <laughs> Can you yep. ball against another Big Ten team? Everybody's been dealing with it. Who cares if there's been delays and all that? It's well, What are you made of? How, how do you kind of look at this season? Do you take it with a grain of salt, or do you think it's actually more of a realistic picture on exactly where the program is?
0: Well, uh, I, think it, it partially, I think it is from the standpoint of I've got those four things that I just mentioned that I'm, I'm judging programs on and coaches. How is the operation of your program from top to bottom? Well, we're seeing that. You're operating this during a pandemic, and guys haven't opted out, and you haven't had an outbreak. Now, you've had some cases, but you haven't had an outbreak. And then you go to recruiting, and then you go to development, and then you go to game day coaching. I think this year is a year that we learn a lot about Scott Frost, we, you have to have something happen during this year—a signature moment where either you knock off Wisconsin and in the Heisman Trophy win a Graham Hurts, or you go to Iowa City and win. I think you got to have a signature moment because I think what the season does, guys, is I think there has to be something during the course of this season that ignites the fan base to so that you can wrap your arms around something going into 21 that is tangible that you can go, yes, they are building, there is momentum, I can see it, I can feel it. And 21 is going to be a monster year. You can't go through another year where you're really, really choppy and guys don't play good football, smart football, and you don't see guys making the next step. If that's the case, then we're all asking a lot of questions in the offseason, but that's what I'm looking for. And if that means a 4-4 four and four season, a 5-3, and three, you'll take it. I personally believe that there's going to be a three-way logjam at the top of the West at 5-3. and three. Um, between Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska with a bounce here or there and a good start where you go maybe two and two in your first four, Nebraska could be in that mix as well. Hmm.
3: Sharpie, let's focus on the West real quick before we get you out of here. Gary Sharp's with us. Weekend edition, Hale Varsity Radio. We're live in the rail yard ahead of Nebraska, Ohio State. So your take on Wisconsin last night and, and what early impressions on what you saw from them, and then let's uh, fast forward over to Minnesota-Michigan. That'll be a a monster game tonight. Uh, Give me a thought on tonight. Give me a reaction from last night.
0: Illinois' defense is bad. They're really bad. Graham Mertz was good, but he got no pressure whatsoever last night. I mean, that's scary that if you have Graham Mertz that was highly ranked coming out of Kansas City and he looked as comfortable and he threw the ball well – and he, he used something that I think Nebraska will use as a safety valve and as a main threat is a tight end position. Ferguson is a really good tight end. And if you're in trouble to go find that big fella and get him a football, um, that's impressive. I mean, he was impressive last night. But let's not give him the Heisman yet. I think Trevor Lawrence might have a good day today against Syracuse. Um, Wisconsin is Wisconsin. They do Wisconsin things. They've got a game under their belt. There'll be a lot of intrigue next week. Illinois. Wasn't ready to play. They didn't look very good. And as a result, they got beat 45 7. The game tonight is so there's so many narratives around this game. Cloud Harbaugh. But think of this Jim Harbaugh now has Cam Newton as quarterback. Jill Milton's a big dude. He's 6'5, 250. He's also the first quarterback that Harbaugh has recruited on his own that is starting at Michigan. That's crazy mm. to think about. Mm. You've got all these other guys that have been transfers or belonging to somebody else that, you know, Harbaugh has had a quarterback. He's a quarterback whisperer. Their whole season will be dictated by Joe Milton. If they get good quarterback play, they're right there in the the east. For Minnesota, you know, is last year a fluke? I don't think so. That's a very talented roster in Minnesota. They're going to be challenged tonight. I actually like Michigan in this game. I'm wondering about Minnesota. They have some guys they have to replace on defense, even with that talented offensive core. Um, I think Michigan pulls an upset tonight.
3: I'm with you. I think Michigan's sick of hearing the, the doubt. I think your point about uh, Milton's key, I mean, Harbaugh's supposed to be this guy that can do no wrong at quarterback, and I think he's really good with that. It's just not worked out for him as well at Michigan, and um, we'll see if Minnesota can can kind of live up to these pats on the back. I know game day's there, uh, and they had a great season last year. Last thought with uh, Penn State-Indiana, are we uh, are we reading too much into the, the danger level, or is it real for uh, Franklin and company? In Bloomington,
0: Um, I like Indiana. I I like. Okay. I I know they're getting six and a half. This has the feel to me of Penn State scoring a late touchdown to win by seven. Um, I don't know if Penn State is elite. You know, they lost their two best defensive guys. Journey Brown is not going to be a running back. They got a brand new offensive coordinator with a quarterback. How much did that have an effect on opening day? Um, Indiana has got a lot of talent returning. Nine starters on defense. They've got a plethora of skill guys on offense. I like where Tom Allen's got this program going. They always play Penn State tough, tough, or at least the last couple of years they have. Um, I think Indiana is right in this game tonight with Penn State. Maybe they get Penn State looking ahead, but, boy, they shouldn't look ahead. Uh, If they're looking ahead, they'll see that there are two touchdown underdogs to Ohio State, which just tells you guys, and you're going to see it on the field today, whether it be recruiting or just where a program is. The talent gap in the Big Ten is so wide, in my opinion, right now between Ohio State and Penn State, and then everybody else get in line behind that. But I, I think that's a good game today. I think Penn State is on a alert.
3: Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. Sharpie, uh, welcome back. Football, awesome uh, breakdown this morning. Thanks for a few minutes today.
0: Um, as always, guys, it's now uh, normal that we've uh, talked about uh, football and we're not talking about a pandemic. So thanks for helping us get through all of the eight months leading up to it. And I hope everybody enjoys it. And remember, it's just an opportunity. But we say that, we say, oh, man, we're glad that it's back. You know what's going to happen? The first time Nebraska goes three and out or there's a pick or something, it'll be back to normal around here. People will be complaining <laughs> and stuff. That's, That's how it's right. supposed
3: how- to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're good and happy and smiling until something bad goes wrong. and. And then we're back to what the hell. We'll <laughs> shift right back there. Sharpie, be good. We'll see you soon, bud. Thanks, man. Hey, talk to you next week, guys. All right. Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse, Hale Varsity Radio. A uh, quick timeout. We'll wind down the weekend edition. We will head out to uh, Cousin Dino's. And uh, Dean Schmidt, a uh, giant Nebraska fan. He has toured and traveled all over through his years. On site for some of the biggest and best Nebraska games with the, uh, the the Dino RV. He is at home, and uh, we are going to get his prediction before we step away. This is Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: Glad to have you back. Yes, yeah, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt
3: and Cranach. Well,
1: Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute
0: martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Oh, excellent <laughs> strategy, sir.
3: Back with you, Hale Varsity Weekend, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. We head out to uh, the uh, den of the biggest Husker fan I know. We welcome in Cousin Dino, Dean Schmidt. Dino, what's up? It's game day. Are you, are you geared up? Are you excited? How are you?
2: Man, good morning. Uh, yes, geared up and... Um the excitement is building. I guess this year has, for me at least, has been different than last year. We were a lot of fans over the top with enthusiasm and this year, uh, because of the hype and this year it's kind of settled back to, uh, let's go see what the boys got, you know, no spring game and, uh, no film to speak of, to see ahead of the season. So, um, just trying to, uh, adjust to the changing years and, um, uh, I'm hopeful that um, today they have to adjust to us. Um, you know, Scott, I think, mentioned that when we first joined or when he first came on board. And uh, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it, get it started, get the season started.
3: What's on the spread today for food, Dino?
2: <laughs> spread for food today? Probably uh, something that goes with uh, a diabetic type uh, lunch. Um ah. You know, cream of water soup, probably.
3: <laughs> there you go. So you've been to a lot of ball games over the years. The Dino RV is infamous uh, around uh, Husker Nation. I need a a score prediction from you, Dino. We're going to do this uh, every Saturday morning at 8:50 Husker time, and we're going to get the final word from from cousin Dino with the score prediction. Uh, I know it's something you've had an interest in over the years with uh, the uh, the spread and, and how things shake out.
2: Yeah, well, I guess we've got to wait for the national anthem to play, Chris, and see what's left, <laughs> the, the seconds left on the clock.
3: Well, yeah, that <laughs> would, that would I'll, work. I'll,
2: I'll, <laughs> I'll try to be a little bit more educated here. I believe that the Huskers are going to hang the first half. I think they're going to hang with them. I'm even um, thinking if we get the ball, we may score early and score first. Um, but I think at the end of the day, um, they're going to win by as much as uh, 21 points, or 17 points, I'm sorry. Uh score
3: will be 21-38. Uh, to 38-21. Uh, it's Ohio State, but uh, Nebraska yeah. has a good showing. That is cousin Dino, Dean Schmidt, the biggest Nebraska fan there is, and uh, his words of wisdom. Dino, are you, are you good to, to chat next week for Wisconsin?
2: Yes, absolutely. I want to get those, those guys really bad.
3: <laughs> are you, you and about 1.9 million. I hope I can help. I got you, Dino. Love you much, brother. Uh, keep fighting and be healthy. And we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Have a good day.
6: Go, Big Red.
3: There he is, cousin Dino. Bean Schmidt. He says
4: thirty eight twenty one, but Kranick, that's a cover. It, it totally would be by uh, by a long shot. By the way, Wisconsin, I think maybe can be got underwhelming at the skill positions outside of quarterback. Let's see how it works. Real Red Reaction immediately following
3: Nebraska-Ohio State on ESPN Lincoln, ESPNLincoln.com, and other uh, streaming platforms. So lock in. I'll be hosting that as soon as Nebraska-Ohio State ends. Thoughts from Scott Frost. Thoughts from you. Cranach, appreciate you, brother. Awesome to get this kicked off. Thanks to Elijah Herbel, Gary Sharp, and, of course, Brandon Vogel and Tim May. Talk to you later with Real Red Reaction and Hail Varsity.